Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Good morning. This is the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name is Di Cousins and today we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I've been sent some books from the University of Queensland Press and I've invited Melbourne poet Amanda Anastasi to come in and review them. So good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Di. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on. Thank you. And um, now, Amanda, you've do quite a few different things. Um, you're a, a, a well-published poet. You've won prizes. Um, your most recent book was The Silences, a, a co-project with Robbie Coburn. You're on mm. the um, board of Melbourne Spoken Word. And one of the most interesting things is, from I think from my point of view, is you convene the La Mama Poetica. Yes. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about La Mama Poetica? Well, La Mama Poetica is held in the Courthouse Theatre in Carlton. We feature four poets in a quarterly event. We try and include a range of poets um, of diverse styles, personalities, established and emerging. And uh, there's no open mic, so everybody comes just to listen to poetry, um, which creates a really wonderful atmosphere of and you know I try to have a lot of fresh voices but at the same time it really is a celebration of poetry and the focus is on poetics and uh, yeah I've been doing that since 2013. Great. I'm really enjoying that. Yeah it's a very curated event mm. you know you have a you you manage to find very diverse people and it, it's often a rare thing that these people are, are heard to be speaking live so Yes, I, I like to pull out a few people that, yeah. you know, you wouldn't often hear on an open mic in Melbourne. And um, the other thing I like to do with that is, you know, if I have a diversity of styles, people who came to hear a certain style will be exposed to a different style of poetry and that really works well, I think. And tell me about Melbourne's spoken word. What does being on the board of that mean? Well, I'm on the committee. Okay. Um, and I help convene their events and also just help out at events you know, there's a lot of different jobs that you need to do to help out and discuss what we're doing on a yearly, monthly basis. Yeah, so that's that's great. There's a real community there. That And for a long time you were working on the owl and cat readings as well. Is that going to be happening in 2019? Yes, it's relaunching in February in a different venue. It will be under a different name, which is going to be revealed... Closer to the time. Closer to the time, but it will be at the Motley Bauhaus, which is in North Fitzroy, and it will be posted around on Facebook social media but yeah at the moment it's called if you um it's called an open mic extravaganza at the Motley Bauhaus the first event is going to be all open mic and then we'll have features starting in March very exciting yeah well done (laughs) okay so take us to the first book which is the first book all right so the first book I read was the David Maloof collection an open book this was a real joy to read not only due to the high poet high quality of the work Um, within the covers but it's a beautifully produced hardcover book you know Um, it's uh, I just want to say is first off it's a rare occurrence for a poetry book to have a cover that is worthy of its content because a lot of poetry books sort of look the same but where the content is worthy of the fancy cover as well I was first introduced to Malouf's work I I read Flyway Peter when I was 15 and Jono 
And reading his novels is like reading an epic poem. It's such economy and strong imagery and not one wasted word. And I've always been drawn to his work, so this was a real pleasure. It's not the kind of poetry book you would read in one sitting. To enjoy this book, you need to read each poem slowly and it requires milling over. Um, You need to sit with the poem for a moment. And that doesn't imply that the poems are overly dense or cerebral in any way. They're quite easy to read and accessible, but to fully experience the poem, you have to sit with it. And something happens on an emotional level when you do that. So there's something deeply human about the poems and universal in scope. It doesn't have sort of that overt identity politics because it, it's, it sort of becomes irrelevant. He, he, he doesn't identify himself directly in any personal or political way. The pronoun I is rarely used in Malouf's work. Yeah, so I, I, I feel that he's able to tap into sort of a singular human experience and you get the impression of a very mature, well-lived deeply reflective mind with his work. He's someone who's a really major literary figure, David Maloof, isn't he? And he lives he in Queensland. He does. Yeah. And he's all 80 years old or something at the already, which is quite surprising. He's that old, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he's been producing work for a very long time, but mm. I think mostly he is not famous for his poetry. He's mostly famous for mm. his fiction, isn't it? Yes. I've read more of his fiction actually, mm. but the poetry is just wonderful. Yeah, it opens with a poem called Parting and it's about our natural inclination toward evolution and embracing the new. It almost celebrates endings of things, like the end of relationships, because they equate to the beginnings of new things. That's what the poem is about. Um, So it's a really perfect start to the beginning of a collection. And and then it's followed by a series of 14 poems under the title Kinderzenen, the German name, which is actually, it means child scenes. So he's got 14 poems that are a sort of um, intimate childhood scenes of the author. And it's actually named after a Schumann piece of the same name or series of pieces of the same name. So there's the presence and non-presence of family members, eavesdropping as a poem about the house after a dinner party, like the remnants. And I really like that kind of writing where the author talks about the things around people um, without making much reference to the actual people because this often tells us all we need you know it's kind of the silhouette which shows you the um, mm. who they are yes know, that the context is sort of reveals yeah and it are. creates that that atmosphere mm. that you need and this series of poems contains the title poem the open book which is actually a poem about his mother reading to him and it's very much about the dreams and the promise of childhood and there are poems in this section on subjects as simple as you know a pothook and to the ogres of childhood fairy tales and things like that. So, And time is referenced a lot. Um, it's almost a character in the collection, so he personifies time. So um, there's a poem called The Fifth Column where it reads, And time, that sly invader, who sent his agents out, who looked like us and talked like us through all the rooms of the house. And in Deception Bay, time is described as standing still, one leg waiting. And the best description of time that is in the book is this poem emblem, which uh, describes it as a punctilious antique gent forever excusing himself as he quietly slips away dancing. What a great line. What's that beautiful? (laughs) That's a a marvellous imagination, you know, to to visualise time like that. Yes. Yes. So many of the poems are deeply observational about his own family members, about his childhood. 
there's poems about his father, a poem called Kite and Old Pop. And, and then there's a series of 10 poems under the title A Knee Bent to Longevity, which gives the impression of the sort of autumn years of his life. Small Wonders and Letting Go are a couple of um, poems about simplification or for want of a better phrase, the simple things and the ability to laugh at things we've always considered to be very important. And, you know, the final poem of the book entitled Before or After, we're reminded of the small joys and how apparently small unnoticed things will, will capture you. Mm. Um, yeah, it's this is a collection I would... I can imagine picking up a few times. Yes. I w- won't read it once. And um, and just little poems here and there that suddenly leap out and, and speak mm. to the moment. Yes. And um, well, would you like to read some of the poems? Okay. Um, I might read the final poem, actually. Okay, sure. Before and after. Before or after. At the threshold of a familiar room, on a breath suspended as if the attention of a benign lifetime observer for two beats, then four, had wavered or been withdrawn. The matter of a moment only, of no moment or matter, Austrian bentwood chairs on all fours grounded, old roses in a bowl. But of the chairs is the play of their curves in silhouette on a sunlit wall that holds me, and of the roses their smoky, velvet, unbodied self-translation as something more than fourscore, till the big surprise kicks in and leaves me breathless. Most surprises, though not unwelcome, are small. It is the small, the muted inconsequential, at this point that comes closest to real, not to startle my ghost in the shadow that has stepped into the room before me. I pause. On the air, two bars in five-four time, faintly recalled. A spook sonata, dust motes in a sun shaft ascendant, before or after the fact. Wow, well that that is <laughs> dense, I think. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, um, but extraordinary. Yeah, and that's what I mean. You sort of have to just let it sink in, and and then you start to sort of get what what he's talking about. And maybe you go back to it a few times. Yes, yes. they're very carefully crafted poems they're very compact very gentle um and such yeah strong imagery Mm. and um yeah it's it's there's so many layers yeah great well we might go to some music i'm talking to amanda anastasi about the new poetry book by david maloof the open book Strongest hands 
From Nina Revisited, a tribute to Nina Simone by Lauren Hill. Um, Black is the colour of my true love's hair. Um, my name is Di Cousins and today I'm talking to Amanda Anastasi, who's uh, a Melbourne poet and she's reviewing some books for us, the Spoken Word Program, um, and they're from the University of Queensland Press. And so we've just heard about David Malouf's An Open Book. And mm-hmm. what's the next book? Right, so I also read Ray White's Milk Teeth. And Ray White is a non-binary poet, took out the 2017 Thomas Shatcott Award for an unpublished manuscript. And yeah, the book is in five sections, each headed with a quote. And as soon as you open the book, you feel that you're definitely in 2019, or actually 2017 as it was, you wrote it. It's very current. It, it, it's a series of, you know, quick, fast images flashing before you. The initial poem is about losing a tooth as a child. And the poems that follow are set in various places such as a hospital, staying in a hotel, being at a camp, on a train. So what's interesting is this idea of not being at home, you know, which perhaps reflects not feeling at home in one's own body or feeling like a misfit or kind of vagabond in society. Also the idea of, you know, small and large journeys, movement and change. That's, you know, you really get that strong impression. And so the poetry is very immediate and visceral and, and often very stark as well. There are poems about, you know, hospitalisation, insomnia, nightmares, astrophobia, which is the fear of thunder and lightning, but also everyday stuff. You know, there's something very sort of salt of the earth in poems like the ekphrastic um, flooded maccas and factory. You know, factories is very perfunctory, day-to-day, almost robotic poem about clocking on and off work. Yeah, amid all that, there's very tender and very intimate moments and episodes as well. 
And the way language is and symbols are used in this collection is kind of reflective of the way we communicate today on an everyday level. So, for instance, we communicate with a lot of emojis and, and short texts. And in White's poetry, instead of using the word and, they use the symbol for and and um, they use the skull and bones symbol repeatedly. And then there are poems with titles like Tweets I've Never Published. You know, there are a couple of poems formatted on the page in a landscape orientation. You have to turn the book around to read it. It reminds me of using an iPad, you know. <laughs> um, and there's also uh, there's a poem that on first glance looks like computer programming code. Uh, they're using technical terminology um, to reflect society's binary view of male and female. So, um, And it's a poem that's not meant to be read aloud, you know. It's, it, it's to be looked at like on a computer screen. So perhaps I'll read a poem that I feel it reflects sort of how absolutely current White's poetry is. So this poem is called uh, I Don't Even Own a Cat. Take a selfie, your best striped shirt, weighted necklace, eBay bargain, to detract from your face. Hashtag trans is beautiful. Maybe today you'll feel it. Take a selfie hair out of place, take 20 more at different angles, storage almost full, delete every picture of yourself ever taken, take snaps of the cat, curled angles and sprinkled sunlight, perfect, hashtag cats of Instagram, hashtag love my cat, 80 likes, self love, can wait. Aww. Yeah. So uh, you can tell it's a young person and, you know, it's incredibly... Um, yeah, as I said, very, very current day. Yes. Well, they're a transgender writer, Ray yes. White. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of use of gender-neutral pronouns. Um, so instead of say, uh, saying he or she, they will use terms like uh, A, like E-Y and M-E-M. Yeah. Uh, and they were actually first used by a mathematician educator called Michael Spivak, which uh, uh, they give information on at the end. <laughs> And what what was the significance of A's and M's as a, rather than they's and them's? I'm not sure. It was when alluding to uh, people in the poems that I think went by the he or she right. pronoun. So yeah. it was just keeping those pronouns out completely. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, as the book progresses, there are more poems that address the transformation of the body directly, like What Even Are You and Blueprint for a Body dis Dysphoria. And there is a very strong eye in the work. It's, it's poetry that will connect deeply with other transgender people and obviously um, is a kind of vehicle to share that experience with people who haven't had that experience. Yeah. And, yeah, Section 5 there is um, dominated by a lot of plant imagery, which was interesting. And, you know, I saw this as being in line with the changed or changing body you get a sense of the gender transformation depicted as a natural growth from their perspective as opposed to how it's often depicted as, you know, unnatural. And, yeah, there's interesting images that recur in the collection, the death of animals and, and, and nests and flesh peeling and changing and birth and death and rebirth. And, and the, the poetry is quite experimental. But there are poems that are more recognisable or in slightly more familiar forms. I wouldn't call them traditional forms because I just wouldn't use that word at all in reference to this book. 
these poems breathe a bit more for me, but I also, I like how White's more experimental poems challenge my ideas of what poetry can encompass and, you know, be comprised of. And then, you know, there's a final section at the end, section six, actually there's six sections, and there is sort of something slightly more easeful about the poems at the end, towards the end. Um, the last poem is actually a Cento mashup poem about White's own funeral and their family and friends eating and slicing fresh fruit at the wake, which I found, yeah. <laughs> I found that so interesting. That was, yeah. It's like this, uh, it leaves you with this bright, fresh image emerging from pain and, and ending. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It was a really interesting ending. Yeah. Would you like to read that poem? Okay. It begins with a quote. Did you want me to read the quote before yeah, the poem? Yeah, sure. So the quote is, I will eat my grief into a stone that will stick in my gut. When I have feasted on what remains of remains, then what? Chrissy Neen, um, eating my grandmother. That's where the quote is from. I fly in through the skylight of the funeral home where my friends and family sit down to supper. I'd outlined the menu for my wake, hearty and delicious, so full-bodied to need only a green salad to accompany it, very fine slices, golden brown and juicy fresh, seasoned with salt and pepper, an avocado cut in half, pitted, flesh scooped out and sliced. Mm. <laughs> like how it ends on the word sliced. Yes. Yes, there's so much language. It's just so cutting and um, it's, it's very strong imagery. You know, using mm. quite an ordinary image in a way, an ordinary thing in avocado, but then empowering it through the context and the mm. the verb of of being sliced and yeah. you know the context of the funeral. Yeah, very yes. clever. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that was uh, the book's name is um, Milk Teeth by Ray White, yes. and um, published by University of Queensland Press. Um, I've had Amanda Anastasi in the studio today talking about two new books. Um, thank you for coming in. Um, any other You're books welcome. that you've read lately that you really enjoyed? Um, at the moment, I'm reading From Grains to Gold by Margan Margan. And he's quite a young writer, um, a Somalian writer. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I'm reading Kevin Brophy's new collection, uh, Look at the Lake. Great. It's a very long collection and it's, it's about his um, experiences living in a remote Aboriginal community. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm reading at the moment. Great. Well, lovely to have you in and um, hope to see you again here very soon. Thank you, And Di. add at all those events that you run. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, the first La Mama Poetica will be on February 26th. Um, so do come along, find it on Facebook, um, join the La Mama Poetica group and you'll find out more about that. And um, and then the other one with the temporary title will yes, be... Yes, the Open Mic Extravaganza at the Motley Bear House in North Fitzroy. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. well, and my name's Di Cousins and this has been the Spoken Word Program. And we'll just listen to a little bit of the CD One Truth by Omar Farouk Tekbilek. Thank you. 